remember Jesus is to remember who I was before Jesus. And that's just a wretched, sinful man. I'm still a sinful man, but you know what? I'm a righteous man. Not because I got it all together, because I don't. I'm a hot mess just like you are. But Jesus had it all together, and he's passed that righteousness on to me because I trust him. I put my faith in him, and I love, we love here talking about Jesus. And today we're going to talk a little more about him. If you open your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 2, we have gone through chapter 1. We spent the last several weeks talking through chapter 1. And just yesterday at 1 p.m., we gathered together in the back parking lot, and we put these things together. So these are Super Bowl packs. They're just gift packs. And we were tasked yesterday to put these together. And then so it's just got a Dr. Pepper. And then we got a couple of things of microwavable popcorn. And then it's got a little note here. And, and it just says, just because we care, and it's got a few details about who we are and how people might find us. And so yesterday, I was with the group. Our group was the red light right down the way, okay? Just go right down that way, the first red light. So I was at the intersection along with Blake and Doug and, and Josiah and, and Stephen. We were all there. We were giving out these things, okay? And so you can imagine we got all kind of responses. I mean, all kinds and just good, bad, ugly. We got waved at in all kind of ways. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, Blake? Yeah. Um, but I'll never forget, I'll never forget the look on this lady's face. We got all kind of, I got all kind of looks. You know, we're wearing our mask, and, but there, most of the people in their cars, they weren't wearing masks, so they can't see my face, but I can see theirs. And, and we got a lot of like, you know, I don't have time, and I'll get to a few phrases. That we had some excep- exceptional phrases given to us. I'll get to a few of those in a little bit. But as we were passing this out, I'll never forget, never forget a lady. She, they were, she was in a gray pretty new Audi SUV, okay? She was going toward Conroe. I don't know where. I don't know the lady's name. Never seen her before in my life before yesterday. And as, I, as she opened her window, which most people didn't do, by the way, but we gave away 300 of those things yesterday. And by the way, if we have 100 left, we saved them for you today to take, not, not for you, not for you, Jimmy loves Dr. Pepper, Jimmy, just, I'll get you a Dr. Pepper, man, but these Dr. Peppers, these gift packs are for you, and we have 100 left, I would love for you to take as many as you'll give out, if we run out for the second service, great, I want those things to all be gone, and I want you to take them to a neighbor, and they're going to ask the same thing that that woman asked me, you know what she, she asked? She was so confused when I gave her this. We paid like $2 for that. Okay, We didn't have a lot invested in that. But she looked at me so confused. Maybe your neighbor will too. So go grab these on the way out. She looked at me and she asked this question that I think we should ask as we approach God's word today. She asked, why? But she was so confused. Like, why would you do this? And then I made a heart statement, and I meant it. And it's right there on that card. Just because we care. Just because we care. 
you know, we care so deeply about this community. I care deeply for you. And I meant that with all of my heart. As we passed that, you probably, if you were there, you had people ask the same question. Like, why in the world would y'all do this? If it wasn't said, it was at least thought by these people. What in the world is wrong with these people? Well, once you know the heart, then you get real insight into what the reason is for that. Okay? And so as we approach God's word, I think it's really important for us to realize that chapter 2 is built on chapter 1, and we need to see the heart of Peter, the apostle Peter here. Before we read, we have to hear the heart of Peter. He is a shepherd. And we also learned just last week that, that we have... We have a, a map, okay? We have a treasure map. I thought I would get one of those. If you were here last week, you get that. If you weren't, you're like, you're so confused right now. We'll go to our website or go to social media and click on listen to last week's message. We have a, we have a, a treasure map <laughs> that is the guide to the most valuable richest thing that we could ever experience in eternity. And that is Jesus Christ. And we find all that we need in his word. And we're on the cusp of learning these things. As a matter of fact, we not only hear the heart of Peter, we understand that that as we read the words of Peter, we are reading the very breath, the words of God And we are not hearing Peter's heart, we're really hearing the heart of God. And the heart of God is that he cares for us. He's so concerned about us. And that's really what we've been focusing on this whole service. I mean, that is the reason for Jesus, because because he, for God so loved, we sang that song, right? For God so loved that he sent his son. Why? Because he cares. He loves us so completely, so infinitely, we can't even imagine it. So it's on the the heels of that, that there is this map to this treasure that can only be found in the knowledge of Jesus. He is our treasure, and Peter's been telling us to strive for him. Strive for Jesus, to strive to know him. And then after you strive to know him, strive to bear the fruit of one that knows him. And then strive every day to to have that assurance that only comes in knowing that you are truly a child of God. And so those are the three strives. And then we pick up in verse 1 of chapter 2. And honestly, if we pick up and we just read chapter 2, apart from chapter 1, it seems like Totally different ponds we're fishing in. But it it is really two sides of the same coin. And the same heart is behind both. The heart is that God cares for us. He's so completely concerned for us. You know, as a parent, I can somewhat understand the spirit behind these. I want to teach my kids the things that bring them joy. But I want to teach my kids the things that take away that joy. And so it's always a two-sized coin. I want to lead them to the good things, but I want to say, hey, stay away from these things. Stay away from these things. They will do you no good at all. 
So let's read 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And I will admit, I'm not sure if I've ever heard a sermon on 2 Peter chapter 2. It's not one on, that you've heard a lot if you've heard any on these, but it's God's word. It's inerrant, perfect. It's his word to us today, and it's useful. It's going to be useful for us today. Just wait. It's going to be useful for us. So verse 1, but there were also, so this is on the hills, remember, that God has breathed his words into these men and given him these prophets, the things to say on his behalf. But, but on the other side of the coin, there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. So what he's talking about, hey, these Old Testament guys who were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke on behalf of God, that, that stuff that you can, you can take to the bank, you can rely on it. And those scriptures are, we said last week, the most reliable sacred things we'll ever hold in our hand. Okay? But, but, but now, but there's also some false teachers, some false prophets, and they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, those things that aren't true. There's art, there is perfect truth, and then there is untruth, even denying the sovereign Lord. Some of your verses may say master. Even denying the master, that's what Lord means, master, who, and I want you to underline that word. It's so important. There's a defining word for the heart who bought them. He bought them. And that's what we are remembering in the symbol of the body that was broken for us. And, and his his blood that was poured out for us. Bringing, look what it says, bringing swift destruction on themselves. And many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. They'll muddle it. They'll bear it. They'll push it down. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them to an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who is distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless, for that righteous man living among them, day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. Talking about Lot. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And I want you to underline that word rescue. That's the second word. It's so important in this passage. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. And this is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise a third authority. Bold and arrogant. Listen to the description. Bold and arrogant. They are not afraid. Some of your versions say they don't tremble to heap abuse on celestial beings. I'm going to press a pause there. We're going to continue this passage in chapter 2 next week. But I'm going to press the pause because there's so much there that we need to rest in. There's so much there that we need 
to unpack. You see, we cannot fully appreciate what chapter 1 says, that there is this incredible mound of, of treasure that is offered to us, and our guide to that treasure is here, and that treasure is knowing Jesus, and, and God wants us because he cares for us. He wants us to experience that treasure. We, don't, we can't truly appreciate how much a treasure that is till we acknowledge the opposite, and that's what's happening in chapter 2. We can't only talk about all the great things that God has to offer. We don't know that it's great until we hold a mirror up and says, hey, these are the not so great things. Here are the good things to pursue. Here are these things that you need to, as Paul says, flee from these things. And Peter is not, by the way, he's saying this is going to happen. He's not, the heart behind us is not pointing fingers. The heart behind this is raising flags because there's a difference, right, of, hey, you guys versus, hey, beware. Beware. This is coming. But there is a sobering truth here in this passage that God is righteous in his blessings, but God is also righteous in his condemnation. That's a... Yeah, that's true. We don't talk enough about that, do we? Like, like life and abundant life is a real thing, but you know what? Sin and the opposite is too. And we all today are facing one of those two. And that's what Peter's saying. He's like, yes, yes, focus on these things. Pursue these things with all of who you are. Pursue Jesus and know him. But realize there are people among you who are false teachers that are going to raise up, and they're going to try to bring you away. And so we might say, beware the wolves in sheep's clothing. Are you with me? Okay. And so that's the glaring truth here. It's quite obvious. Hey, First of all, don't be the one that's a false teacher. My friends, beware, beware today of anybody that says, I'm a prophet of God. I'm just being honest with you. When you look on Facebook or social media, Instagram, whatever it is, like, God told me this to say. Oh, be careful. And God speaks today. He speaks to you and to me all the time. And so that's not it. It's not that God doesn't speak. But God speaks primarily through his word. Just know this. And if I say something, it had better line up with this because I am, I'm in error many times. This has no errors within it. So I'm just a little warning, raising the flag, okay? And so let that be said. That's the glaring truth here. Beware of false teachers. Okay, I'm going to get to some of those specifics of that. But I think there's another level. So it's, it's beware of, of the wolves in sheep clothing. But on the other side, it is beware, sheep, to clothe yourself again in wolf's clothing. You see, that's the other side. You see the, the difference there? Beware the wolves in sheep clothing. But I think it's an incredible challenge to the sheep, those who truly have put their faith in Jesus Christ, to put back on the old ways. And so what are those ways? I want to look at the passage today. I'm going to be brief from this moment on. So you've got to put your, put your seatbelt on and grab your notes. And these are really, really important. 
Because those things that Peter is talking about, these wolves in sheep's clothing, they have a smell. And Peter's saying, hey, look, these people smell and look a certain way. And what he's saying is beware of that, but also beware of smelling like them too. Smelling like them too. Because if we go back to chapter 1, we learn that pursuing, striving for Jesus brings incredible abundant life. But the opposite is true, is when we stop seeking Jesus, we begin feeding the beast within us because we all still have that sin nature we struggle with. Let's be honest. We value transparency here. Listen, all these things that we're about to talk about, we struggle with. We struggle with. Can we just be honest? You don't even know what they are yet, but I'll just be honest with you. I struggle. I struggle with these things. So Peter, you hear the heart of Peter as you hear the heart of God. Listen, he cares for us so completely. And he says, hey, look, yes, pursue Jesus. But be very wise and careful about these subtle things. Tendencies. Now, as we were out there yesterday handing out these things, there were some not-so-subtle things said, you know. There were some hand-waving gestures that you might imagine. But as people passed by, I think we had a few that we thought were particularly astute. And maybe you all guys have some phrases that went out too. One, one family, they, they, didn't want, they didn't want our package because they said they'd, they, just got, they just got a credit card. And that's all they said. That was their reason. That's their subtle reason. Well, I think what they were saying is they don't have any money. They don't have any cash to give us. Like, it's free. We want to give it to you. Someone else drove by in a kind of subtle way of saying, hey, I don't want anything of it. They say, we're water people. We're, that's what they said. I mean, that's all they said. It's like, we don't want one. We're water people. It's like, I'm a water people too. I'm 75% water. But that's some free stuff. I think I'm going to take it. And here's some water in Dr. Pepper. Come on, people. Some water in there. Ah, oh, those are subtle. But listen, there's glaring truth that to be careful of these false teachers, but there's a subtle way the enemy sneaks in. And this is what it looks like. The first is this. We find it in verse 1. Subtle way, and this is the entrance, not putting Jesus first. In chapter 1, we underline bought. And that bought is the, quali- the qualifier of that word two words before, master, master. And I want you to put a word next to your notes there, not placing Jesus first. What is that? I'm just simple. I'm going to be short today in this. I could spend a lot of time unpacking this, number one. But listen to this. What is it when we don't put Jesus first? It's called idolatry. It's called idolatry. That's what... It is. You see, these false teachers will lead us in these ways, and the enemy, who's so good at what he does, he's a lion, as Peter said in 1 Peter, prowling around, pouncing on us. He wants to take us away from all things good, all things Jesus. And so the first thing that he says in verse 1 is these false teachers, they deny the sovereignty of the master. In other words, they are not all in on who all of Jesus is. Oh, be careful, my friends, when we miss putting Jesus, master, savior, yes, but master, surrender completely to him. 
the master who bought them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Later on, in, well, earlier on in 1 Peter, it says in 1.18, you were ransomed from the feudal, feudal ways inherited from your fathers, bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Listen, we are bought completely. And our response to that is to surrender completely, but we all too quickly, we go back. Go back to the old ways, surrendering to those old ways. And so be careful, my friends. I'm raising the flag today. Are there areas in your life where you have not put Jesus supreme? That you have not put Jesus at the top as the master of your life. We learn in verse 2 that these false teachers, they do a second thing that many times we're prone to as well, is they are given in to desire. And put a word there, the word is lust. Okay, let's be honest. We struggle with this. Wanting something that is not ours. Hmm. And why is this so bad? Because we already have the thing that has the most value, and that's Jesus Christ. So lust says, I want this more than I want what I already have, and that is Jesus Christ. That's why it's so, it's so bad. They were given in to desire. As you look at verse 2. It says, many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And that depraved conduct is that, that pursuit of sensuality. As we read more and more in chapter 2, as we see it a little bit in chapter 3, we'll get a little clearer picture of this, that there were these false teachers who were saying, hey, Jesus is not enough. You need these things to get the joy that you need. And they were sensual things. You fill in the blank for you. I don't know what that is for you. But beware, my friends. I'm raising the flag. Beware of idolatry in your life. Beware of lust in your life. Why? Because it leads us to destruction. That's why Paul says flee from it. It ain't no good. Stay away from it. Stay, one, stay away from it. The third thing is they were mastered. There's that word. I use that word because I think it's important. They were mastered by money. They were mastered by money. In verse 3, we see that word greed. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. They were mastered by money, mastered by power, the pursuit of more things. It was the driving force behind that. Listen, we are a culture, a society that capitalism, if we're not careful, capitalism is almost, I'm not saying it is, but man, it's a slippery slope, capitalism to greed. And the moment we think that anything will lead us into abundant life other than Jesus, we go back to number one, that is idolatry. Benjamin Franklin said, he that is of the opinion money will do everything may well be suspected of doing everything for money. That's greed. That's greed. And we've been sold a lie. I mean, today, the Super Bowl, right? How many of you guys are going to watch the Super Bowl? I'm going to watch it. Some of you guys are like, ah, no, I'm, I'm boycotting the NFL. I'm not going to watch it. That's okay. That's okay. But for so many years, 
Well, I, I heard, I, I listen to ESPN a lot. I watch, I grew up, I grew up uh, watching ESPN, and Tom Brady is amazing, but Bill Belichick's the greatest coach ever. And then Tom Brady left last year. How good were the Patriots this year? They were horrible. They were horrible. You see, we thought it was true. I, I always thought that was true, but now that Tom left and all of a sudden the Bucks are pretty good, I tend to think that probably has something to do with Tom Brady. And I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time, but he might be. We'll see tonight how he does, right? But the world has sold us a bag of lies that we bought into. And what Peter is saying is, look, that's just not true. That's just not true. Greed will never fill you. Greed will never bring you to the abundant life that God has for you. Hmm. And the last thing is this. We find it in verse 10. We skip some verses. We find that God is righteous in his goodness, but he's also righteous in his judgment. And then we find the last thing. These people we see in verse 10, this word, in verse 10, haunted me. And here's the phrase that I want to give you. These people are no longer shaken by sin. That they have walked in this untruth so long. They've become so hard-hearted and believe so strongly in the lies that they no longer tremble at doing these sinful, outright, denying Jesus, idolatry. Like they're outright doing this, and they are no longer shaken by truth. Listen, here's the truth for me and for you. The moment we sin, our own sin, I'm talking to myself right now, the moment I sin and am no longer shaken by it, listen, Houston, we have a problem. We've got a big problem. We've got to call sin what it is. But listen, we're in a bad place. We are very far from God. I mean, it's one thing to sin. We're all sinners, right? <laughs> we're being honest. But when we're not convicted, when we're not shaken by that sin, listen, you need help. Lean on your brothers. Lean on your sisters. Ask someone, hey, man, I'm, I really need help. I mean, I'm living in sin, and I know it, and I, I don't even feel, I don't even tremble at it. Hmm. That's, a, that's a bad place to be. If we don't quiver at our own sin, listen, Peter's raising the flag. Mm, be careful. Be careful. And let me add also, if we're not broken for the sin around us, we're not in a good place. And that's what Peter, if you hear the heart of Peter here, he's seeing all this going on. And he's seeing this is going to happen even more so in the coming days. And he was broken for these people of God. He was broken for the sin around him, this false truth. Listen, we are to be broken for the sin around us. Spurgeon said in his book, Faith Checkbook, he writes this, the godly are tempted and tried. Yes, we are indeed. That is not true faith, which is never put to the test. We are put to the test every single day. But the godly are delivered out of the trials. And that not by chance, he says, not by secondary agencies, but by the Lord himself. He personally undertakes the office of delivering those who trust him. And that's that word, by the way, I'm going to keep reading. That's that word that I had you underline. It's that word, rescue. 
God rescues the righteous. Not that we are righteous. He rescues those who are in Jesus, the righteous one. He gets us out in his own time. He gets us out. He snatches us. He rescues us. And so he personally undertakes the office of delivering those who trust him. He goes on. God loves the godly or godlike, and he makes a point of knowing where they are and how they fare. Sometimes their way seems to be a labyrinth, and they cannot imagine how they are to escape from threatening danger. Maybe you're there today, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this mess I'm in. Hmm. What they do not know, their Lord knows. He knows whom to deliver and when to deliver and how to deliver. He delivers in the way which is most beneficial to the godly, most crushing to the tempter, and most glorifying to himself. We may leave the how with the Lord and be content to rejoice in the fact that he will, in some way or other, bring his own people through all the dangers, dangers, trials, and temptations for this mortal life to his own right hand in glory. This day is not for me to pry to the Lord's secrets, but patiently to wait his time, knowing this, that though I know nothing, my heavenly Father knows. You see, God is the one who rescues us. And today, maybe that's you. You need to be rescued. You're in something today, and you need to be rescued. And God is the one who saves from judgment. And not only for those who are righteous, but God saves the unrighteous one. So today, if that's you, he does that. Because certainly, as we look here, Lot wasn't perfect. We know, we know that as we look at Scripture. God doesn't rescue perfect people. God rescues those who trust him and put their faith in him. And so today as we close, the band's going to come up and we're going to respond with a song. Today, on the bottom of that handout, when you came in, you've been taking notes on, there's a connection card. And if you have questions, just write a question on there. If you want to talk to me, there's a place to indicate that. And we fill it out in the front, general information. On the back, there's some next steps that you can sign up for small groups and other things. But if you'd like to talk to me about some of these things, like, I really need really need to have a conversation about some things, Justin. We would love to talk to you this week. And what do you do with that? You put it in the offering box on the way out. For those of you who feel like to give an offering a day, then give, give joyfully. For those of you who don't, then don't. It's okay. It's okay. God is good. But all of us fall in three categories today. I don't know where you are today. But I want with all of the care that I can, I want to say that all, three, all, all of us in the room fall within one of these three categories categories. The first one is this. We're walking in destruction. We're walking in destruction. What does that mean? Well, we, we've sinned and sin separates us from God. God is righteous in his judgment. He can't have anything to do with sin. And so today, there's probably some of us in the room who you've not met Jesus, so you today are walking in destruction. And I want you to hear the heart. I want to hear my heart. Hear God's heart that he loves you so completely. And he sent Jesus because of that. To purchase. You were bought with the price of the body and blood of Jesus so that you might have a life and life abundantly. Listen today. I hope today that your response to worship today, your response to this last hour that we had together is just to step toward Jesus and put your faith in him. 
if you want to do that today, find me afterwards. Put it on your connection cards. There's actually a thing there that says, I want to find it. I want more information on, on hope in Jesus. Just put a check there. Circle it. X on it. It doesn't matter. Some, I believe, probably fall in there. Second is this. There's a large group of us here that are playing with destruction. We're walking as sheep, but we're putting the wolf's clothes back on, and we smell like the wolf. Oh, be careful, my friends. Be wise in your ways. Let's call sin, sin. Let's deal with it today. And then that third is where we really need to be, is we are the overcomers helping other people overcome this destruction that is imminent. Let us get there, my friends. That is Peter's heart. That is God's heart. And that is the mission that we have to introduce people who, to Jesus, the overcomer, the one who brings joy, the one who brings life, the one who is our hope. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are good. Your word today is challenging. In the midst of such hard truth, there is the incredible truth of Jesus and hope in you. I don't know what you're doing in other people's lives, but and I can be honest that I have some work to do. I think we all have some things to consider and probably some things to confess. And we have some areas in our life that we need to surrender back again to you. So Jesus, find us faithful, find us bold, find us pursuing life abundantly in Jesus today.